You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I invite you along with me to reflect uh, on Mark's gospel this morning, the, um, the, the sad, sordid story of the beheading of John the Baptist at the hands of Herod and Herodias uh, and uh, her daughter, whose name is given by Josephus as Salome. But before we begin, I, I, I step back from that a minute to say um, there is a portion of scripture that I've always found to be tremendously encouraging, and that is um, the end uh, of Acts chapter 15. And when I tell you what it is, you, you, you've probably questioned me before, but you might question me again as I tell you what it is. But at the end of Acts 15, we hear about a sharp dispute that arose between um, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, there arose, in fact, Luke is, is, is very blunt uh, in his writing, saying that a sharp, uh, that a sharp disagreement, uh, there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas uh, sailing to Cyprus and Paul uh, going to Syria and Cilicia. So what was the uh, what was the sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas? What led the two of them to say, you know what, um, love you, God bless you, but we're going to go uh, in different directions right now? Well, it was the person of John Mark, uh, the author um, of the gospel that we read from this morning. And it's really, uh, back in the 13th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, it's almost, it's almost a, a throwaway line that you don't really notice it. They are going about their ministry, and we are told um, that um, John Mark leaves them at that point and he returns home. Uh, he returns home to Jerusalem. Uh, we, we don't know exactly why. We, we certainly can, can speculate. Um, John Mark was a, a young man and quite frankly, he could have been an old man and still, or a middle-aged man and say, you know what, this is more than I bargained for. Um, this, this is more um, than, than I knew that I signed up for. And so he, uh, he, he returned home. And so Paul and, and Barnabas sharply disagreed about uh, bringing John Mark along um, on their continued missionary journeys. And Paul took Silas and later Timothy with him also. Um, and we hear that John Mark went with Barnabas. And I share that with you as, as we begin because uh, the text placed before us today invites us to reflect um, on discipleship, what it looks like to live in relationship with God. Uh, and not just live in relationship with God, what does it look like to, uh, to place God uh, centrally in our lives, to, to lean upon God, to, to find in Him uh, our sufficiency, to trust uh, in God? What All those um, questions, and one of the things that I think is wonderful and why I find um, this portion of the Acts of the Apostles so encouraging is it holds out to you and to me um, that discipleship is not perfection. Following um, God and walking with God, uh, is, it's, it's up and down. Uh, we perform much better uh, at one time than another time. A life of discipleship is a life of recognition of our need of God, a life of walking with God. It's not a life uh, of perfect performance, but also one of the things that we see happen as we continue to read um, through the scriptures, and it draws such a sharp contrast between Herod uh, and Herodias uh, and uh, the Christian life is the opportunity um, for redemption, the opportunity for reconciliation, uh, the opportunity um, for forgiveness. 
we see sadly in the life of Herod and Herodias, there is no place um, in their world or their worldview for those things, um, for hope. Um, for forgiveness, um, for reconciliation. It's, it's either, um, it's, it's basically kill or be killed. Uh, it's crush um, or be crushed. It's grab and snatch or, or have it grabbed from you. We see this tremendous sharp contrast. And one of the things that's often incorrectly said about the Christian faith is that it's, it's, it's limiting. Uh, it's taking away your freedom. And we see the exact opposite to be true. We see in the lives of the Christians tremendous freedom, and in the life of Herod and Herodias, we see no freedom. We see no freedom um, in their lives by contrast to the freedom um, that is given to the Christian. And, and I mention all this also because as we read through, as I, as I note, we will see that later um, that Paul um, and John Mark uh, are not only reconciled to one another, but as, uh, as Paul writes in 2 Timothy, and not there alone, he mentions with tremendous love and fondness John Mark. Uh, and asks for him to be sent to him. And he speaks to what uh, an encouragement and what a gift uh, he has been in his life. We see also that Paul um, and Barnabas have reconciled with one another. Uh, at, at, at the heart uh, of our Christian faith is the realization that grace and mercy and forgiveness has gone out to you and to me. And that is a tremendous power <laughs> that we need to call upon in our lives all the time in our relationships, um, is it not? We need that word of hope. Uh, we need that word of forgiveness. We need that word uh, of reconciliation. That is a real and living power for our lives and for our relationships that we can call upon regularly. Chapter 6 uh, in Mark's Gospel, and certainly not in chapter 6 alone, but chapter 6 in particular does focus on um, discipleship. It, it begins um, with Jesus going to his hometown of Nazareth, and as you remember, um, he met uh, there with rejection at his, in his hometown, and he marveled um, at their hardness of heart and their unbelief. We're told that he could do no mighty work there except lay hands on uh, and heal a few people, which would be kind of a banner year for me. Um, but uh, for Jesus, that was not particularly um, noteworthy as compared to uh, much of his ministry. Uh, and then we see right after this, Jesus sends out the apostles two by two, and he, and he sends them out at least at this point. Uh, he later said, you can take more with you. But in the initial, he said, basically take nothing with you except the bare necessities. Uh, an opportunity that for them uh, to begin to experience uh, the, the sufficiency and the presence and the provision uh, of God in their lives uh, and in their ministry. And they met, of course, with, with mixed results as they went out to the people. Uh, and, and sandwiched in between Jesus sending out um, the 12 apostles um, and their return to tell him about um, their short-term mission and the things that they experienced, sandwiched in the middle of that is this account uh, of John the Baptist. And it's not unintentional that Mark places it here uh, in the middle uh, of that story. And obviously part of what it reveals to us um, uh, is, uh, the, is the cost of discipleship, uh, the call of discipleship. I, I think it's safe to say that none of uh, us here have to be concerned in the way that John the Baptist was concerned, but one of the things that Mark is holding out to the Christians in his community is that to be in relationship with God will often put you in opposition with the world, uh, that there will be there will be um, resistance. There will be um, animosity. It's a word spoken to them so that when it happens, they don't have to be surprised. When it happens, they don't have to shrink back to know 
that they will receive um, opposition, that they will receive resistance, but that they have something um, greater than that. They have one to lean upon. We have one um, to lean upon whose grace is sufficient for us, whose power is made perfect uh, in our weakness. We have one to lean upon who says, I'm a good shepherd, I am with you, um, and I go before you. Uh, We have that promise and that assurance, and in contrast, we see Herod um, and Herodias. They rely strictly on their own cunning, um, on their own strength. There is no room in their lives for mercy. There is no room in their life for forgiveness. Um, There is no room for hope um, or for reconciliation. There is nothing beyond power uh, and their appearance before the world. And again, how um, dreadful um, does that sound? Uh, How much does that sound to be the opposite um, of free? And we see that in the absence of God in their lives, it's it's not freedom, it's their being enslaved um, to hate uh, and their being enslaved to their desire for revenge because if God is not on the throne, then that puts you and me on the throne. If God will not execute justice, that leaves it to you and to me. And I hope you find along with me that it's a terrifying thought um, to think that you and I um, are the final judge uh, and the final arbiter. That's that's a responsibility I'm not looking for. Um, Thanks be to God, we have in Jesus Christ the one um, who is that person. And as I I share all of that with you this morning, I I have to be honest, uh, mentioning at the beginning, um, John Mark and his, uh, some of his early um, failures in in life and discipleship and ministry, uh, because as I look that up, I I also recognize that in you and me, there's plenty plenty of Herod and Herodias in us, us, isn't there? Do we not uh, have difficulty um, forgiving? Uh, do we not have um, difficulty reconciling in our lives? Because the reality is, when, and, I, and I don't make light, there are very real and significant and deep hurts, uh, and, I, and I absolutely don't make light of those, and it's, and it's challenging. Uh, so make absolutely, uh, I, I, don't say this, uh, I don't say this glibly, but we, but we wrestle um, with grudges. We wrestle with um, forgiveness. We wrestle um, with letting go, because to some degree, when we, when we forgive, we die a little. When we forgive, we die a little. Uh, we have to let go uh, of our self-pity. We have to let go um, of our self-righteousness. Uh, and we often cling to those in the same way that Herod and Herodias cling um, to their um, appearance before the world and their desire um, to exact revenge as well. Many years ago, I, I forget exactly when, but I remember the moment uh, Bishop Salmon uh, of South Carolina stood where I stand now, and he was uh, preaching, and he shared an encounter that he had uh, in a church. That's what I say. I mean, uh, we, we are also Herod and Herodias ourselves, uh, but he was uh, visiting a church, and it was after the service, and people were gathered for coffee, and a woman came up to him, and she began the conversation, I have hated you for years. Uh, which I think I should probably call a declaration uh, rather than a conversation. But anyway, that, that, was, that was the beginning of the state. That's one of those stories you remember. Uh, she came up to him, I've hated you for years. Uh, and I remember even more his response. He said, Madam, I am, I am so sorry to hear that. Uh, it must have done terrible things to you, and it has not affected me at all, uh, was, was what he said. It was a... It was a 
It was a teaching moment. Uh, and of course, what, what he said, I have no doubt, got her attention, but it's, but it's true. Uh, we, we see in this, in this encounter, uh, John the Baptist will, will lose his life, but he will ultimately gain it. Uh, whereas Herodias and Herod, um, they keep their lives for a moment, but they ultimately lose them. Uh, their lives are, are, are not their own. Their, their lives are owned um, by hatred. Uh, their lives are owned by an unwillingness to forgive. Their, their lives are owned by fear and the way uh, in which, I mean, Herod, for goodness sakes, was more concerned about saving face uh, in, in the front of his guests than he was about the life of another person. Such uh, is uh, the grip uh, of ourselves and the grip of the world upon us without that gracious and necessary intervention from God uh, in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And finally, we, we have uh, in this encounter, uh, we, we have a preview. John will be a holy man, a righteous man, an innocent man who will die um, at the hands uh, of, uh, of, a, of an authority. Uh, a civil authority, he will die at the hands uh, of Herod un, uh, unjustly. Uh, and we have uh, in this, of course, uh, the preview of that which will ultimately give the power and the forgiveness and the reconciliation that changes the world and the power and the reconciliation that changes our lives. John's death is a preview. It's a foreshadowing of the death of Jesus Christ who will die at the hands of Pilate who will die at the hands uh, of the religious authorities. As, as Jesus says himself, he will willingly lay down his life um, for us, his sheep, and he will take it up again. And we see that in that moment, uh, in that act, in the once and for all sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the world, that the power uh, and the mercy uh, and the reconciliation uh, and the blood of Jesus uh, in his cross and his resurrection and his perfect uh, work, that power goes forth into the world. That power goes forth um, into our lives. So as we walk um, as disciples, we walk as wildly imperfect people uh, in the knowledge uh, of the one um, who has come and reconciled us um, to our heavenly father um, through his cross and through his resurrection. And not only has reconciled us uh, and restored us uh, and forgiven us, but has unleashed this power in our lives and our relationships as well. Knowing that he is finally, ultimately one, we don't have to. We can lean upon him. Uh, we can draw from his power and his mercy. We can be filled in a way in which nothing in all the world and even death itself cannot take away from us. Paul writes, um, to the Romans, those words you're familiar with, that now in Christ Jesus there's neither condemnation nor separation um, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know how quickly um, we can hold on to anger uh, and to um, resentment, uh, how we desire to respond um, to slights uh, and injustices. And Lord, you know how, how quickly um, we are to hurt others. We thank you that in Jesus, your son, you have come forth into the world to shield and to shepherd us, uh, to be the once and for all sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the world. Draw our hearts and our minds to your sufficiency. Draw our hearts and our minds to you uh, that we might be restored and reconciled uh, and that this great power and mercy would flow forth into our lives and into our relationships. 
This we ask and ourselves we offer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.